let the baby sliver sable under the tree for me. Santa baby, no, I've been an awful good boy. Santa baby, hurry down the chimney tonight. Welcome Santa to the Into the Wilderness podcast. We're in December now. And that means only one thing, which is Christmas presents. Yeah. And you need good excuses to get yourself good Christmas presents, and you also need to give good Christmas presents. That's what it's about. And what we're going to be doing this month is actually overloading you with podcasts. Not the normal podcast. We will be having our normal every two-week podcast with in-depth interviews with interesting people. But in between that... We're going to be bringing you a bunch of short podcasts, a little bit like this one. Today's one is all about products that we use, but we have so many prizes to give away. We're going to be doing the seven days of Christmas. We are starting on the 5th of December, ending on the 11th. There will be a podcast out every single day. They're going to be very short. I'm talking two, three minutes. And... All you have to do is listen to each show, find out how you win, and then the winner will be announced the following day. It'll also be on YouTube, and it'll also be running stuff on Facebook. So just keep up to date on all the social media and subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get it every single day. And then you can't go wrong, really. Uh, and we'll get all of that stuff out in time for you in, before In fact, should I, should I read out the prizes quickly? Have you got them to yeah, hand? Just give me one second. Okay, so... On the first day of Christmas, <laughs> uh, we have uh, air gun or rimfire resetting targets, the metal targets that spin the, around. The Coldwell ones. The Coldwell ones. Metal, yeah. uh, also, we're giving away a Hornady cap, one I'm wearing like that. And also, uh, I think it's a CZ badge as well. Day two, we're giving away a Bushnell head torch, which we've actually given away one or two one. of these. One of these. I, I, I've taken one. He's taken <laughs> one. And we, and also we're giving another badge and another cap, horn to cap away. On the third day, we're giving away shooting glasses. We're also giving away uh, ear defenders, badge and horn to cap. And on day four, we're giving away a reloading butch, book, uh, badge and a cap. And then on day five, Coldwall Bipod, badge and a cap. Then day six, we've got a Bushnell Solar Wrap, badge and a cap. And then on day seven, we've got the big one. It's uh, Coldwell Emacs, Electronic Ear Defenders, CZ Water Bottle, CZ T-Shirt, a Hornady cap, a Hornady sign, which I don't actually have one here. It's like um, an old metal... What would you call it? It's a vintage advert poster for for hornady yeah and then we're a spider coat knife and a hornady oh, i've already mentioned a cap but yeah the last one's a spider coat knife yeah which we're going to talk about today so a huge list of things that the reason if you're watching this on youtube that we are looking at our feet from time to time is we still have the puppy in the office so, and we're trying to avoid him standing on our recording uh, gear yeah, and all the kit we're about all the, to talk all about. the products he should be sleeping but he's, he's decided signs and i don't know what he's doing now he's he's lying on top of my chronograph fantastic <laughs> We'll, we'll show him at the end of the show. Okay, I think we'll get started. So this this show, we thought we thought well, we thought long and hard. We get how we got a lot of emails asking about kit. Yeah, we do all the time. And we thought coming up to Christmas, why not just do a dedicated podcast about kit that we use? Now, a disclaimer right here: none of this kit we have been paid to talk about. No, not a single item of this kit we've been 
paid to talk about. So this is all of our own opinions. Yeah, and it's not a review. It's We're literally it's just going to tell you what we use. In fact, Daryl's put a lot more effort into this yeah. than I have because he reminded me this morning that we were doing this. And before I left the house, I basically opened my drawers where all of my kit for hunting and exploring lives. And every time I saw something that I knew I wouldn't go without... I just stuck it, stuffed it in my bag. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. So yeah, like Byron said, it's it's not really a review. So we're just going to tell you what it is, kind of why we use it, mm-hmm. and why you should buy it. I guess. Yeah. In, in a way. Or certainly think about. Oh, buying so, one. Yeah, think about like. So should I start? Yeah, you you, start? you you crack on first. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to start with my Gerber actually. Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. So, a lot of you probably own a Gerber or have heard of Gerber or Leatherman. But it's this Gerber in particular I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of it, but every item is actually going to be in the description and hopefully we'll have a link where to get it. I'm holding up the camera for the people that are watching it on YouTube. Now, I've had this Gerber for probably close on five years now, but I Barn also has the older version of, of this Gerber. And that must be at least 10 years old now. And the reason why I don't have the older version is the screwdriver snapped on it. Yeah. And the really cool thing with Gerber, well, my experience of Gerber anyway, when the screwdriver snapped, I emailed them and said my screwdriver snapped. Tell them what you were doing when the screwdriver snapped. Well, I can't remember what I was doing. You, it was something on a bomb. <laughs> was that what I was doing? It was something. You were in the Navy because I, yeah, I, no, I, sna- I snapped it in the Navy, but I can't remember what I was doing at the time. <laughs> you probably can remember better than I. Anyway, I snapped. Yeah, I was. In fact, I was deployed at the time. Yeah. Yes. I, I was in the Baltics doing something with a Gerber. <laughs> Probably something you're not meant to do with it. And I snapped the screwdriver. I sent it away. And a month later, brand new one arrived. And then I completely forgot about it. Six months later, I actually got the analytics report of the metal. And that whole batch of Gerbers had a fault in it. And they recalled it. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't realize you'd been sent. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I have, yeah, like Daryl said, I have, it was almost the same one, the original one that we both got given by our grandparents more than a decade ago yeah. now. And cool. it is one of those things that I just don't go anywhere without. And one of the things I love is the single-handed opening of the yep. pliers. Which was, if I remember reading rightly, was designed for the EOD community. <clears throat> yeah, single-hand use. Single-hand use. So you can open and close it like that. I, I use this all the time. It's a tool that you, I just can't go out without and I can't fault the Gerber tool. So no. I know that our dad has a Leatherman, yeah. a small pocket Leatherman, but this is the Gerber I would go for. And it's the one I use as well. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm up next. I was recently on a trip over in Sweden after Daryl and I finished in Norway and it was called Tessa to the Edge. In fact, we brought uh, I brought a podcast from there recorded with all the people who were on the event um and uh two months ago now i guess it probably was uh and one of the companies that was involved in that was swazi or swazi 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 uh clothing it was great stuff i enjoyed using it but one thing in particular that stood out and now gets stuffed in my bag irrespective of everything else that i'm carrying is something which i actually can't remember what it's called <laughs> oh a tog that's what it's called. it's called a tog and essentially what it is is it's kind of like a balaclava. Uh, it's made of a fleecy material, so it's not waterproof, but it's to keep you warm. It's got a drawstring at the back so that you can tighten a- around what would be, I suppose, over the bridge of your nose if you were wearing it as a balaclava. But if you roll it up, it becomes a beanie, and you can also pull your head through the balaclava part of it, and it becomes like a buff. And I just thought it was an awesome thing, and I used it a lot in Sweden because it was bloody cold. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go on to my next thing? Go for it. 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about a knife. In fact, we've got a few. We've got a couple, knife. got a couple yeah. of knives to talk about here. Now, if you are on YouTube again, I'm holding up my Castrum knife. We actually got given these when we started filming our series. Into the Wilderness. Into the Wilderness. And it's one of these things that we got it and we just won't stop using it now. What's really cool is the sparker that comes with it. And we actually do use it quite a lot. You can probably see that my spark is fairly worn if you're watching on YouTube. It's, it's what would you call this? It's kind it's of a, an all-round <coughs> knife, isn't it? It's a camp it? knife. Yeah, it's a camp it's knife. Not, it's not the... Uh, I've written about it in the magazine, actually. Uh, it's not a knife that I would choose purely as a stalking knife, <clears throat> but as a wilderness knife where you need to feather sticks and go and growlick something. Uh, for the for our American listeners, um, gut something because <laughs> I know we've got a lot of American we listeners. Do, yeah. uh, it's it's just ideal. I'm not saying it's the most perfect knife in the world. I'm not saying there isn't stuff better, but we ha- that's what I have, and that would be my choice as yep. a, if I can only take one. And Daryl's exactly the same. I have exactly the same knife. Really nice sheath <clears> on it. Very really nice. thick sheath. In fact, we were using uh, or we got given some of the competitors or comparable knives to this recently also from uh, the Scandinavian countries, and it just it wasn't even a patch on the castrum. Not even close. I broke the sheath in two days. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even a joke, and it wasn't just me. Yeah. Uh, this is on the, the rival of uh, yeah. castrum. The sheath uh, let, let it down uh, but for yeah, me. It's a, it's, a, it's a great knife, and it's very well made, and it's lasted, lasted very well. Something completely different for me next, um, and it is a dry sack. Anybody that has done any sort of real exploring or spent any kind of time out in the wilderness, with the exception maybe of the hot countries like Africa, because my friends over there don't know why we fuss about gear so much, (laughs) because the weather's always good. Shorts and t-shirt, that's it. Uh, But in the UK, certainly, and across Europe... If you're doing any kind of expeditions, you need to have dry sacks. There's, you always need to keep certain things dry, especially essential items of clothing. I, I don't have like well, I don't have a suggestion for a brand. I've got actually two different br- uh, dry sacks. One of them isn't even branded, uh, but it it doesn't look like this. It's more of a plastic material on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's a, bit a lot thicker, isn't yeah, it? a lot, a lot. I would call it a lot more heavy duty mm. and. At the at the bottom line is, I think the cheap ones still work as well. You roll it down three times and it keeps your stuff dry. Mm. This one, uh, I've got a couple of these. <clears throat> we got given these from Hellsport, which is a Norwegian company. Uh, the one really great thing about the, these is that they are incredibly compact. Yeah. You can get a 30-liter bag into this, uh, a 30 liter dry sack into this tiny bag that I got on my hand. It's which the is, size of his hand. Yeah, if it's the size of my fist. If uh, people listening. Um, so, yeah. Dry sacks, fantastic. And if I'm packing out my kit bag, I always put things in dry sacks. It's also a great way, actually, of just segregating things inside your rucksack for packing. Mm. You, know, you can put your base layers together in a, in a dry sack and keep other stuff in another dry sack so that you're not pulling everything out to get things. I don't know how many times that we've used dry sacks for camera equipment, clothing, you name it. We've got to. You, you have to. If you live in Scotland or in England, you... <laughs> or in Scandinavian countries <laughs> yeah, in particular. You need to you need to keep your stuff dry. What's up next for you, Joe? Um, I'm gonna talk about a watch actually. Okay. A watch that I'm wearing right now. Now this is the I think it's Sonoto. I think I that's, think how, that's you how you say it. it yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Now I don't want to comment too much on on how amazing it is because I've only owned it for a week. 
but I want to talk about kind of its features and how it's designed for hunting. Now, Byron actually has a friend that has been using this for a long period of time. Yeah, Nikolai. Um, I was in Sweden with him. He was the, the chap who shot the, the big bull moose on the on the last day. So it's called uh, the Traverse Alpha Foliage, and it's designed specifically for hunting. I'm going to hold it up for the people that are on YouTube. The one thing I can say is I have actually owned another brand, not another brand, another version of Sonoto, and it was a dive watch, and I've had that for six years now. And I've done some serious stuff with that. It's actually a lot more expensive than this one. Not that this one's that cheap. I think this one starts at about 300 pounds. And it has never let me down at all. And the support you get from them as well is pretty damn good. I'll just run you over some really cool features and one of the reasons why I like it. Sunrise, sunset tells you that every single day. Also gives you storm warnings, weather warnings which is pretty cool, gives you GPS positioning, tracks everywhere you've been, and once you turn it on GPS mode, uh, you have to turn it on and off. The reason for this is because it chews your battery on your watch if you've got the GPS running permanently, uh, but there's different versions, so you can do um, tracking every 30 seconds, every minute, every five minutes, but obviously your accuracy is going to be not as good if you're tracking every five minutes, but the battery will last longer. So once you turn that on, it detects when you take a shot. Don't ask me how. In the instructions, it just says it uses a clever algorithm to detect a shot. It'll just be, I guess it'll just do sound peaks probably. And then it'll put a pinpoint exactly where you've taken the shot so that if you need to go and find an animal later, you can always, you can always go back to exactly where you were standing That's in the really first place. That's really very smart, actually. Which is really cool. And then you can also track where you've walked, where you've searched, all these places. It tracks the entire lot. Also gives you step counter, calories, um, height gained moon phases it does a lot for a watch that's you know 300 pounds and do you know what else it does which i didn't even know it did and this isn't this i this isn't i didn't buy it for this at all it actually connects to your phone and works like an iWatch an apple iWatch so it tells me my incoming calls it all my messages come up on the screen which is it's actually a pretty cool device uh nifty device so yeah gadget it's a gadget it's a gadget it's a gadget and i like gadgets so <laughs> Um, now I'm going to go are you done? yeah I'm done I'm going to yeah. go with something oh yeah sorry it also tells the time <laughs> that's pretty useful for a watch yeah. and the date I hope. Uh, no the date is at the top okay yeah. good so I'm going to take the opposite end of the spectrum to that really swanky gadget watch which is uh, something far more old school an axe now axes I have to admit I, I have a little bit of a thing for blades whether that be knives or axes I just I love them in fact my when I was asked by my parents what I wanted for my graduation present when I uh, graduated from university, I got an axe, a hand forged axe. That was what I wanted. Um, and this axe in particular, we've carried around probably for the last year. It's a camp axe, so mm -hmm. uh, it's. I'm just trying to measure it up for those it's people way, who are not a, watching. It's a way to get a lot more use with our new um, new setup with our new tent. Yeah, and stove. absolutely. Um, it's the, the shaft is about the length of my, my arm from my elbow to the tip of my fingers and it's got a hand forged head on it. This one, uh, I'm going to probably butcher how you say this, uh, Holterfors. It's a Scandinavian. <laughs> we, we need a, we need a Scandinavian <laughs> on while we're doing this because all these products, because that watch I just told you is actually a Finnish yeah. watch. So, so most of the um, stuff comes from Scandinavia. Th there's a number of really good axe makers out, out there. Um, but 
you got to have an axe. It's not practical to carry with you everywhere you're going, and sh- certainly if you're just out stalking for the day, I'm not suggesting putting a- put an axe in your in your rucksack. Although <laughs> a small one might be useful if you need to butcher up and take out. But if you're setting up any kind of camp, and like Daryl said, the, the setup that we have um, with a Hellsport um, teepee-type tent and a wood-burning stove and stuff that we use as a base camp, you need to be able to cut wood. And uh, yeah, a, 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 small knife, saw, a knife's not going to cut it. No, a small saw and an axe is absolutely ideal for that. So yeah, we don't really go on any major trip without packing an axe, at least in the vehicle. I think I shall move on to the next thing. Now, I have been testing something over the last uh, almost a week now. It is the Seek Thermal. Just picking it up for the people on YouTube. It's the Compact Pro. I'm just going to hold it up to the screen. Now, what this is, is a thermal imaging device that plugs into the bottom of your phone, Android or Apple. So you you have the choice. Now, I've been testing it for the last few days. I've had it out during the day. I've had it during the night. I had it out last night. And I've also had it out in my house. The one downside to this product is that I can see how much heat is being lost from my house, which is actually very depressing, depressing, seeing it all escaping from the windows. I'm impressed with it. I am. The, The... you got sent it by Scott Country. Yeah, I got sent it by Scott Country. This isn't ours. We just asked for it for for yeah. uh, for review for to look at because we were intrigued by it and wanted to mention it to you guys on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very impressed by this this little device. One, how <laughs> small it actually is. It's I mean, how, it, I mean, it fits in the palm of your hand, but I'm talking you can close your fist on it. It's that small, and. The, the images that I've got, I'm going to put some images up on the video. Last night, I was looking at rabbits 200 meters away across the, the playing field, and I could see them fine. Mm. Uh, applications for this, I mean, if you were going stalking or anything like that, you could definitely use it for blood trails yeah. s- straight after you've shot it. And most people carry a phone on them anyway, <clears throat> considering the size of this thermal. It wouldn't exactly be much. Uh, I actually haven't looked at it that closely, but you're right. It is very it's, small. It's tiny. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you can close. Yeah, uh, it'll disappear if you close your fist yeah, in your hand. Yeah, completely disappear. <clears throat> I like it. Yeah, that is a good application for if you don't have a dog yeah. for following up. You might be able to see something in foliage that you might not otherwise be able to see. But I, c- I could also see just with uh, the footage that you showed me this morning, Daryl, being able to spot rabbits in the field. When I've used uh, much bigger thermal devices before for for rabbiting, being able to walk in in the complete darkness within mm. range. And then just put on the light after. You could definitely use it for that. Although chewing the battery in the in the phone, as you say, is a, a little bit of an issue. It it is because uh, I was thinking about that earlier on. But if you're out stalking and stuff like that, you're not using no your phone. for for stalking. It wouldn't be because you'd only be using it just for follow up. Yeah. Uh, that that gets into the the ethical question of should you use thermal for the actual stalking? And we're talking about follow up. Yeah, I'm talking which, about follow up. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that is something we will we will tackle another <laughs> time. I think. No, I like it. Seek also have another product. I actually can't remember the name of it. It's another handheld device, which I used way earlier this yeah. year, which I was very impressed with at the time as well. Uh, and yes, Scott Country was showing that off at their fairs. I'd recommend, I think it starts around £400, this mm-hmm. uh, this device. And if you want to read up any more about it, just go and visit the Scott Country website. They're a, a, big, a very big UK supplier of uh, night vision and thermal equipment. Once you uh, once you get it, you'll want to look at everything in thermal. I can I can a hundred percent guarantee that, uh, and it's so easy to use. I'll just quickly go over how you use it. 
It's a case of downloading the Seek app. That's all you do. Then you plug it into the bottom of your phone. I won't plug it into my phone right now that you can see on the screen because I've got a huge OtterBox case on mine, which you have to take off to use it. Uh, only because mine's got closed charging ports and stuff like that. If you're using a normal case that my brother has on his phone, then you'd still be able to use it with your case on. The uh, the other Seek um, was the Seek Reveal that you were talking about. Ah, it was yeah. the handheld one, which is a you don't need to plug it into your phone. Also, you can get from Scott Country. <coughs> really cool. You you are definitely a technology a technology I, I, man because I'm going to back to something far more basic. I like Ga I like gadgets. That's the bottom line. Is I like gadgets. Gators. <laughs> now gators are something which are either which are normally either good or terrible. <laughs> I've owned my terrible share. Yes. Um, I've got but a few terrible ones hanging I, I can tell you one thing. The reason why every pair of mine have been terrible is because I bought cheap. Mm. That That is the honest mm. reason why every single one that I've bought, I think the the last bad pair that I got, I think I paid £15 for them mm. and they were awful. I have one ca caveat to that because I've owned... Uh, I'm actually on my second pair of... Well, third pair of gates. I've got a third pair in my hand now. My second pair of gaiters were um, XMOD canvas gaiters. And once you cut the, the metal and rubber strap off the bottom and ignore putting a strap around the bottom of your foot, they're actually pretty yeah, darn yeah. good. If, if you watch our series, Byron uh, wears those ones throughout the whole series. Yeah. I'm wearing the Fortis ones, which I still wear now. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I'll probably have those Fortis ones for the rest of my life. <laughs> they're so well made. They're so well made. And they're actually like an extra leg support. They're, the material's that thick. So in our ground, which is thick heather and stuff like that, you're not going to go through gate as fast with the Fortis ones. But Byron is going to talk about the ones that he's mm. just been using, which I've not used before, but they look really nice. Yeah, so this is uh, this is at the other end of the spectrum from the I think the XMOD ones I had cost ten quid from an army surplus store online. These again, some Swazi gear. I got these in Sweden. I wore them for the whole week there, and I've been wearing them since I've come back. Incredibly light. They're actually the made Kevlar, from. Are they? Yeah, they, they've got mm. Kevlar woven into them somehow. Uh, they've also They're got like the diving gloves I've got. Mm. They last a long time. This Kevlar weave stuff. It's got an expandable gusset at the top where your calf would be so that it actually gives you a little bit of give when your calf flexes, and it does make a huge difference. And they fit really snugly around your leg, uh, legs because they've got a bit of stretch in them, which for me is incredibly important. I, there's nothing I hate more than a pair of gaiters that look like you're wearing a black bin bag around the bottom <laughs> of your legs. It's freaking yeah. awful. I hate baggy gaiters, and these are the exact opposite of that. The only downside with these is that they're very expensive. I haven't actually priced them here, but I, I was told that they're around 100 quid, which is quite a lot of money for a pair of gators. On the other hand, I don't see any reason why these shouldn't last you a decade. Yeah. You know, 10 quid a year. Pricey. Mm. But when so, you, when you well, investment. They are pricey investment, but I when you compare... The Fortis ones, a bit stiffer. They're, they're, you know what? They're, a, completely bit, they're different. a very different gator. Completely yeah. different gator. They're only 35 or 40 quid. Are they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a few choices there, but I, I do... I like these. They are good, and uh, yeah, I'm going to carry on wearing them throughout the season because my, my choice of what I, I personally own is either these or my 10 quid MOD ones, which, to be fair, still sit there in the car, and I have no doubt that they will be used again at some point, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, these are a completely different level and incredibly light. And even when they're wet, they're incredibly light. The 
uh, MOD ones I've got turn very stiff yeah, when they're do, wet they? and they weigh a ton. Mm. And I bet you they take a wee while to dry compared to those. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> those don't absorb any water at all. My other gators can stay wet for a week. <laughs> right, I'm going to move on to not a gadget this time, something more basic. I'm t- talking about sleeping mats. Now, so important. It is actually very important. If you spend a lot of time out away camping or anything like that, sleeping does is quite important. You want to be comfortable at night. Good sleeping bag uh, and a good sleeping mat. Now, Byron has often gone with no sleeping mat, and I'm often more comfortable with them. We actually bought sleeping mats a year ago, and they've just failed us on us now, both of them. But they were cheap. They were £28 from Amazon at the time. Now, I'm talking about inflatable sleeping mats, not the foam ones. We decided when we were going to be doing more and more of the, the stuff outside, filming outside, we needed to be a bit more comfortable. And we've settled on these blow-up micro mats. And it's it's not very big. You can see on the camera on YouTube, it's it's they're really not that big. I mean, what, what kind of size? It's, I mean, it's smaller than my sleeping bag. Mm. Yeah, yeah like, it's much smaller. But a bunch up. And you will have a good night's sleep. I think this one cost about £50 for, mm-hmm. for this. <clears throat> Highly recommend getting a blow-up sleeping mat. Mm-hmm. They're very small, and you'll have a good night's sleep. And the most important aspect of it is probably not what you would think if you don't do that, that kind of thing very often. It's far less about uh, being comfortable on the ground, as in taking the bumps out the ground, yeah. and far more to do with your an insulation layer. Yeah. If you sleep straight on the ground, even through your sleeping bag with a maybe a jumper on, and you sleep on the floor of your tent... Byron has you experience will, of this. You will get cold. The heat, yeah. it you, just need, you need saps that. You, you need that layer. And also, what's really cool the sleeping mats is you wake up in the morning, the bottom side will actually be often very wet, mm. and it hasn't hasn't come through. Mm. So really important. But there are so many to choose yeah, from. I don't, you just, I, you I, just I, need to research. I don't have it. a brand for you. <laughs> yeah. It's just get a sleeping mat because uh, when we were on our Norway trip. I think we were the only ones with we were. the sleeping mats. Everyone else had these, uh, the fo- you know, the traditional foam ones that you see people with Duke, of, en- thick ones, Duke yeah. of Edinburgh and stuff like that, yeah. wearing the the big roll-up mats that take up more room than they should. They're ridiculous. They're heavy, and they're not really that good. So <laughs> He says we both went with some, which is true, except my old sleeping mat, which he referred to that we bought a year ago, died on my first day in Norway. And I think it was probably bust before I left there, but I hadn't actually checked it. Well, I had checked it weeks before, but something must have happened and it was leaking. So yeah, I ended up having to either sleep on nothing or one of the phone lines. <laughs> I'm going simple this time. What I have in my hand is very little more than a bit of stretchy rubber. Now, this actually came from a friend of ours in uh, Norway, Ronnie. Um... It's a, it's a bikini, um, I think they call them bikini covers. I was going to say bikini strap, but that's the actual, that's another thing which I don't have with me, which is excellent. It's actually hanging up it's, next oh, to it me. It is hanging up, yeah. Uh, bikini strap for your binoculars. I don't know how I lived before we, without We actually use it strap. for the camera now. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> bikini strap for binoculars is fantastic. But this, are, are uh, these are bikini covers for your scope. I've used Butler Creek scope covers before, and I've, broken i think every set that i've had just from hunting rough uh in scotland and in europe where it rains a lot it's important to keep the rain out of your lenses because then you can't see what you're shooting at and these i found are probably the best solution 
You put them over the each end and they seal really tight. There's no water going to get in there whatsoever. I think you could probably even submerge it and I doubt there'd be any water got in there. And then it's got a tab at the back. As soon as you're ready to shoot, you just just ping it off into your hand. And then if you need to put it back on, you just stretch it back over. It's very simple. They don't cost very much. Um, so if you do lose them, you're not going to cry too much about it. Um, but that is what I use now as my scope covers. Um, but a point to note is don't store your rifles with scopes on with these on in your cabinet. Reason being that if there is any moisture left inside there and you leave them for any period of time, it you'll won't let it out. It won't let it out, yeah. no. And you'll get a fungus growing on your lens. <laughs> and uh, nobody wants fungus on their lens. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, I'm going to move on to actually some gloves and socks. I've actually used these for years and years now. Uh, started using them in the military. I've actually handed out numerous pairs to Thank Byron you. and friends and stuff like that. Sealskin gloves and socks. Now, the, the socks, I'll, I'll comment more than the gloves. The socks are fantastic. They keep I, your I can second that. They, they, they keep your feet dry, they're comfortable, and they're warm. And by keeping your feet dry, I mean your boot can be underwater and your foot will still be dry. I've had the same pair for three years and I've worn them a lot. They're just giving way now. Yeah. The the sealskin gloves are exactly the same. You can put your hand in a river and they'll keep dry. The only thing I will say for the sealskin gloves is they're not actually that warm. Hmm. So the only thing that they save you from is water, but they're not that warm. But the, the socks are warm. I think they both retail at about 24, 25 pounds. Yeah, I think the socks are about 30 quid. No, I went, I went on the other oh, day, they're about exactly the same. It's still time. quite a lot of money for a pair of socks, but you can't think of it as a pair of socks. No, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's it, you'd own one pair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you just keep using it. And I think that, you know, they'll prolong the life of boots that might be leaking or... <laughs> yeah, they, they do. I, I did that for years. I had boots that were just leaking like a sieve, but I wore my sealskin socks <laughs> and it solved the problem. Yeah. What, what have you got next? Have you got something exciting? I do. Um, and it's actually nothing to do with kit that we would take with us on any kind of hunting trip. But uh, because of my sort of fascination with shooting and ballistics and because also my, the other work that I do is for uh, Sporting Rifle magazine, uh, reviewing rifles and ammunition and what have you, uh, I use this a lot. And that is a Coldwell chronograph. I will, I'll take the main body of it out for those people who are watching that's basically it here and it has wires that come out in a hood so that you know where you're shooting through and it also helps reflect the light back down over the lasers uh it also comes with um, an infrared hood for poor light conditions which is really useful especially at this time of year what is awesome about this is the interface with your phone so basically you set it up you run a cable from it to your mobile uh, you download the free app from Coldwell and it will log all of your shots in a table. And then once you're done, it'll even let you take a picture of the groups that you've shot and upload it to that same table and then save it. So yeah, that's, I have... That's, that's, that's user-friendly, cool. that. Yeah. So I have, I don't know, 20 or so saved groups that I use for reference for different rifles in different loads that are always on my phone, and I can go back, check the groups, the dates, the conditions, uh, the way that the, the ammunition shot and the velocities spread and all that all that good stuff. So if you're into that sort of thing, it's been pretty good. It's I mean, I've had it now uh, for more than a year, 
and it's not giving me any problems. The stand it came with wasn't very good, uh, but the actual the important stuff, which is the guts of the chronograph, has been has been great. And I don't even use it on a stand well, what anyway. Is, uh, what, does it just take six batteries? Is it? It, it runs on those uh, square nine volt batteries. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so just remember and turn it off. I've done that one. Fine. <laughs> you arrive at the range, you turn it on, and it's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Uh, and that is because it's dead. So I always carry a spare, and if in doubt, just un- unplug it inside the inside the unit itself. But yeah, it's it's good, and it's something that I use all the time for testing. Okay, well, I am going to talk about trousers. It's always a thing that I, I always see coming up online, and I can only comment on one pair of trousers because I wear it everywhere. Every time I go out, I wear the same pair of trousers because they're they're really really good. Uh, it's the Fortis light trousers. I was just trying to find the proper name for them actually uh, online I think it's, here. It's not. It's not the Falkland. Is that the bit of the? Uh, I, well, I'm going to be putting up a. Do you want to look for it, and I can talk about them a little? Yeah, bit. You I know it's your your item, yeah, but I wear right. them as well. Um, trousers are an interesting thing, uh, as we've experienced well uh, throughout our life hunting a lot, but especially when we were doing the more extreme stuff like we were over in Norway, because. They're either too hot or you're too cold. And it's hard to find something in between, especially hard to find something which is, well, I would say it's actually impossible to find something which is completely waterproof and won't make you too hot if you're doing some serious hunting. So we've found that a bit of a compromise is what you're looking for. So the trousers that we wear the vast majority of the time are these very lightweight trousers, which Daryl now has the name for. I don't actually have the proper name because I think the ones that we used to have, they might they might have changed it. I think they have. Have you got the updated version? Yeah, so they actually now have a legacy stalking trousers, which I think are pretty much made of the same material, but they've just padded the, the knees. Okay. So the ones that we had were not, uh, not waterproof. They were kind of showerproof and not waterproof, but like... They were like walking around naked. <laughs> you didn't, you honestly, you cannot feel they're on. And this is what Byron's talking about, the compromise. Because I would find that if you go for waterproof stuff, I will sweat more than if it was raining and I just got wet. Mm-hmm. So the compromise is that it's light, it's breathable, and I don't sweat. And when sh- what's really cool about them is when it does rain, which it does a lot in Scotland, that once the rain has passed or something like that, they dry within 20 minutes. Yeah, you actually see it draining down the, the trousers. Uh, and we, we tag team that up if it's really going to be wet, just with yeah. a, a, some waterproof over trousers. If you know it's going to be raining all day, then obviously you have to put on some over trousers. But when they are absolutely drenched, you don't really notice they're wet, yeah. which I don't know why. But So, yeah, that's... Um, have a look at the Fortis website. Um, we we wear a lot of their clothes, but trousers in particular have been have been fantastic, and a lot of people have actually commented when we've been out hunting, asking us, oh, you know, what we're wearing. So, yep. Um, you, I'm going to talk about them? hats. Okay. <clears throat> Not okay. the hat that I'm wearing, but this hat. In fact, I'm gonna. You're gonna. I'm, swap. I'm gonna put it on. Hold on. So, for the the people listening, Byron is just swapping to a hat, <laughs> opposed to a cap. Far too far too warm for inside. Uh, it's a beanie. And beanies are beanies, pretty much. But this one in particular, I really like. It's made from... Merino wool. It's made from merino wool. Uh, made from Devil in Norway. Uh, I have no idea how much it costs because I actually haven't checked. But it's just... It, it has no liner inside. And because it's wool, it's very breathable. It's very warm. And 
the the way that it's been put together, it it's also it pretty fits, much windproof. It fits really yeah. snug, and it fits very snug. So I use it all, uh, all the time. Yeah. So check out Devil hats and their jumpers. Or if not, just look for a Marina Wool boot beanie, and, yeah. you, and you can't go too wrong. I'm going uh, to take this off now because my uh, head. I'm going to talk hot. about jackets. Uh, not really, not not hunting jackets as such, but just warm warm jackets. Now I'm going to talk about. A buffalo and then Fortis also do another version. Now, the reason why I talk about the buffalo is I've been using one probably uh, seven, yeah, probably about seven years now. I'm just going to hold up for the people watching at home. This is, uh, this buffalo must be about five years old now. Byron has inherited my other one. Yeah, the green one. We used them when we were in the military. The dive team all owned one. We all bought one. You can see it's covered in horrible stains and stuff like that salt it's, stains <laughs> yeah salt stains actually and it's got a, a showerproof material on the outside and it's super warm it's fleeced underneath this thing is what you want to wear in winter so when i walk the dogs all i wear is a t-shirt underneath this because it's too warm otherwise it's got two slits down the side to open up and so you've got like I don't know what, vents uh, yeah, yeah two vents that go straight down the side huge you've difference. got a front pouch like a kangaroo pocket in the in the front that's part of the waterproof material and then you've also got a pocket that goes all the way through so you can join your your hands up in the middle to keep your hands warm which i think is majorly important to be able to keep your hands definitely uh, warm so yeah buffalo jacket when i bought it my first one it was 110 pounds i have no idea how much they cost now but i don't imagine they would have gone up no. too much now fortis do an alternative uh called the mammoth to the the mammoth and they also have one called the grizzly the one thing i can say about their mammoth is it is warm mm. it is or is it the grizzly is that the new I one i think it's called the grizzly yeah. now but when we got it at the time it was called the mammoth but this was only six months ago now and it is majorly it's basically like the buffalo but on steroids <laughs> yeah. so if you want if you are really concerned i need something that's going to keep me very warm because you might be sitting in a long place for a very long period of time the buffalo doesn't come with a hood by the way mm. uh, and i think the hood is something ridiculously expensive like 50 quid it's half the price of the jacket so that's why i've never owned a buffalo hood <laughs> Uh, but the the Fortis one does come with a hood, and you can also get it in a wa completely waterproof a complete version. Whereas water the, the yeah. buffalo is only showerproof. Right? Only showerproof, yeah. and it kind of loses its showerproofness um, oh, after quite a few wash washes. But I would reckon. I mean, I I've had the, I've got two of these. No, I, I like mine as well a lot. I do. I honestly them. don't think you would regret getting one if if you decide to get a jacket. What are you going for next? Byron's grabbing something. I'm going simple oh, again. He's going simple again. <laughs> It's orange. Uh, it's got two ends on it. One's kind of scoop shaped, and the other's pointy. <laughs> it's a spork. It's a spork. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's serrated. Mm -hmm. uh, it just—it's <laughs> just such a cool invention. Uh, I mean, this one's made by Real Real Food, which I'm actually we're going to talk about in a second. You but, can grab that next, actually. Yeah, Real but food. it's kind of irrelevant it's, who yeah, makes it's, it. It's, because it's a spork's a spork. I think they cost about three quid. Yeah. Or you could make your own, I imagine, out of wood if you're a good craftsman. Oh, this one's actually not made by Real. It's got the Real branding on it, but it's made by Light My Fire. Mm, there I you just have noticed it. that. So, yeah, th this one is... In fact, I think Light My Fire is the one that I've bought previously about two years ago. I think ago. you're right. I think it was the one I had before I broke the, the fork end of it. Uh, I remember getting it at the Scoon Palace Game Fair. Yeah, the GWCT few, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, don't go anywhere without a spork if you're camping. Because they're <laughs> fantastic. 
They they are. I can. Uh, I wish I when I was in the navy. Sometimes I would get back to the room after I'd bought bought something like on the base, and I'd get back and I had no cutlery, and I'd have to whittle one out of like an old credit card, a fork, <laughs> or something like that. So I wish I owned a fork back then. Uh, I'll talk about something connected before I go back to Dow, um, which was the the branding that was on that spork, which was uh, real dry tech food. We ate this pretty much nonstop for, a for month. three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in in Norway. For, I, I pretty much breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. So they do. Well, there isn't really a lunch sitting as no, such. No, it's just but there's it's just breakfast and dinner, and then dinner again. Yeah. There's a snack, uh, a snack version, which is kind of like biltong like, and you know, I was actually talking about the two different porridges. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's also dried meat like biltong um, as well. But it's dehydrated food. It weighs. Uh, I was going to try and give you a weight 500 on grams. it. grams. At the front. There we go. Oh, yes, there you go. It weighs 500 grams. It gives you 15... No, it doesn't give you 1,500 calories. It gives you about 500 calories per portion, which if you're eating one lunch, one dinner, and then a breakfast, about 1,500 calories a day, which is not quite enough if you're really pushing it. So you're probably going to have to double up on this stuff. Uh, it's something that we don't really see very much here because a lot of people don't really do that kind of adventuring and hunting, but in uh, the Scandinavian countries, it's in, huge. In terms of... Uh, dehydrated food or ration packed food this is some of the best that i've ever had yeah uh, you get a little bit bored after you, three weeks you do <laughs> you do they've got variation there's reindeer beef and potato there's curry there's it's actually making me feel a bit hungry yeah, i'm getting a bit hungry as well <laughs> no there's there's many and compared to the mod ration packs which i've eaten many of it is way 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 better the only downside to them, I would say, and this is why you could not survive on it for an extraordinarily long length of time, is their price. I think, hang on, hold hold, hold it, you might be shocked by this, for one meal, which is the one the packet of Byron just hold up, so this is for like a dinner, which is a curry, it's almost £12. And I think if you were really out there, you know, pushing it every day, you're probably going to need two of those for dinner. Yes, you could have a steak dinner. <laughs> But don't but, don't think of it like that. It's this you'd only be using these is if you're going out on the hill and you're there for a, an extent a number of days and you need to keep your your weight down and you need easy food instead of taking tins and stuff like that. No. That's the way to go. Yeah. But to just live off it and just um, it's also got a lot. I think it's got a lot. Of, I was always very thirsty. I think it's got quite high it, salt yeah. content as well. So there's a downside to nearly everything, but I tell you what, it's <coughs> damn tasty. Yeah. Another knife. You're up. No, oh, it was you that oh, I was talking I'm about. Right, I just want to talk about a cup. It's just, uh, I'm going back to basics as well here. I don't really know how you say Is it Kushka cup? Ku- I don't know. K- I've never seen K- what they're called. K-U-K-S-A cup. Okay. Uh, this one's from Castrum. I imagine there's other ones out there because it is just a wooden bowl, but we've been using the ones from Castrum for over a year now. It's a cup. It's a wooden cup. That's I, There's nothing more to say about it. This one's still got berry stains it's in the bottom. It still has berry stains in it. <laughs> Now, you might ask, why do you need a cup? The really good thing is that it's light and we put it in the back of our backpacks and it means that when you're out hunting, you don't need to uh, take your pack off or anything like that to get a drink from the water. You know, if you're leaning down the the river and you need to take a drink, you either have to take, get your hand and scoop it into your mouth or you have to put your mouth in the water and sometimes <laughs> that's a bit annoying. If you've got a cup, then it means you can just drink straight from the cup and you can also pass it around, which is... That's nice and polite. Yeah, uh, it's very convenient. When I first got them, we didn't. Really I, I used to just carry a little water bottle, and I, I'd use that, and then fill it up. 
if you've got l- loads of water on the hill, it means you're carrying around like a kilogram for no reason when you could just drink each time you need to from a stream. Yep. So a cup's a good solution for that. I actually used a a foldable plastic cup, which doesn't look anywhere near as cool as a wooden nah, cup. A wooden cup looks better. Um, but it is, a l- I mean, it doesn't weigh that much anyway, but if you're really trying to cut down on the weight, a foldable plastic cup would be the way to go. And it f- functions exactly the same. I was using that when I was in Sweden. Uh, back to knives for me. <clears throat> now this... Oh, we haven't talked about... Oh, no, you, you talk about your cashew knife. I've talked about cashew knife. Yeah. Okay, well, this is much... This isn't a camp knife. Uh, this is purely a hunting knife. It has uh, been designed specifically for stalking. It is made by a knife maker in Sheffield called Stuart Mitchell, who makes some absolutely fantastic stuff. Uh, and this was made for me. It's a design... Um, by a chap by the name of John Robson, who is a stalker down in Yorkshire. Uh, they are quite expensive. I can't remember exactly how much they cost, but it's like 250 quid, somewhere but in you that got, you got to bear in mind, you're getting a handmade, basically a... a it's a custom a blade. A custom blade, yeah. Uh, and I love it. It's, it's fantastic. It is the perfect stalking knife. Not a camp knife. I'm not going to start feathering wood with it. But it is a perfect stalking knife. And I, I bring it up just because for those people who really like knives and blades, owning something which is of this kind of level is something a lot of us aspire to. And I finally hold, managed hold to do so it. so the people on YouTube can see it a bit closer. Uh, I finally managed to do it. Now, it's got a blaze orange handle. I think it's a micarta handle. Uh, so, that, so that I don't lose it. <laughs> Uh, it's a completely functional knife. It, you might have been expecting some nice piece of uh, wood on the handle, but it's completely functional. I use it all the time. I do take very good care not to lose it because I would cry probably for at least a week if I did um, misplace it on the hill. Um, so there is something to be said for cheaper knives that you can just lose, but I get a lot of pleasure out of using this. So, Stuart Mitchell, knife maker from Sheffield. My next thing is a Vaughan rucksack, which is actually next to Byron, which he's going to pick up. We've been using these non-stop now for well over a year. We, in fact, have been using them so long that we started with basically the original, almost, I would say, prototype of them. And they've now evolved this. The one he's holding up right now is the, the Realtree backpack. Now, these packs are designed specifically for hunting and your rifle slots down the side and it sits in the middle of your back which is very very convenient because that means the weight is displaced evenly across your back for me that's quite important because i've got uh, a bad shoulder and if uh, my rucksack is uneven then it's really painful another really cool thing about it is the padding we comment this many many times how comfortable this pack actually is and its unique feature, I guess, is its quick release function for bringing your rifle. So all you need to do is you you grab the rifle barrel behind you and then you pull the, the orange tab that's on your shoulder strap and then the rifle pops out. I think you can probably pull your rifle out in two or three seconds if you needed to. It's very, very fast. There's different versions of it. We tend to use the larger one because... Which is the deer. The deer because we carry so much equipment with us, but for kind of day stalking... I think the lynx. The lynx. Yeah, I love the lynx. The one you're after. Uh, If you want to see how it works, we actually made a promotional video for Vaughn uh, which kind of showcases it in a sexy kind of way and also shows the functionality of it. And There's different colors. There's Where can you see that? It's on Pace Productions UK channel. 
Yeah, I think so. But you you can see it in the series as well. Mm. Yeah, just watch the series. You'll be able to see us using it because we used it, I think, from episode two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, waterproof as well on the, the outside, the material. Yeah, there's not a huge amount more to say on, I, on the if I'm Unless I'm hunting in woodland, yeah, I pretty much always have that on my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, li- I like to carry a, a draw scope if I'm on the hill, a spare jacket, waterproof over trousers, and some lunch. I can stick that all in the the, the middle size one, which is the Lynx. As a, as a bag on its own, if you're not carrying a rifle, it is actually a little bit on the heavy side, just because of the way it's the built. Mechanics of it, yeah. But saying that, I've used it many, many, many times now with no rifle in it, just because it's so comfortable to actually be on my back. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I use it. Now, have you got anything left? I do. I've got two things. Okay. And then we're going to do some suggestions, maybe of some podcasts and some books for people to check out. Yeah, it's going to be off the top of my Over, head because I haven't even thought this about is, it. This is, this is for, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I haven't yeah. really thought about it either. But this is for the Christmas period to get, get people through the Christmas period. We'll, we'll, we're going to help you through with It's products. a long three weeks from now till Christmas while you're sitting at your, your, your office, <laughs> in your office wishing that wishing, you were home yeah. or out hunting. Uh, okay, so my next thing is a draw scope. <clears throat> uh, I guess... You know, I'm mentioning a draw scope, and and this one in particular, not necessarily because of the make, which is actually a Schmidt and Bender, but because I found this secondhand in a gun shop, maybe two years ago now. Uh, a gun shop in the I think it's Borders Gun Shop down near Gal- uh, St Boswell uh, in the Scottish Borders. There are a lot of great deals to be found in secondhand stuff, especially older equipment. You can find some great brands. Um, and great kit that people no longer want because everyone wants <laughs> the latest, the latest newest, shiniest stuff that's flashed in front of you all the time. When the stuff, I mean, this they told me that they, because I sent it for refurbishment, and they told me they stopped making this in the 1970s. And it had a cracked, um, one of its lens was cracked. No, no, was no, it, no. Was that lens wasn't cracked. No, they, they, I had, I, it actually got dropped and it had an issue with the focusing on this one. Uh, and I think the eyepiece was a bit loose. But anyway, they, they refurbished it for me, and it's pretty much as good as new now. And they, they recoated the lenses. And it's fantastic. Okay, it's probably not quite as good in terms of clarity as the stuff that you know came out this year or you know the last few years, but there's, there's not a lot in it. So my point really is that you can get some fantastic value for money buying really top-end brands, second-hand uh, scopes, draw scopes that are... 10 20 years old and they're still fantastic. and you can get them refurbed and you can get them refurbed if it's uh you know if it's a big make that's still around so that's really why i mentioned that have you got one one more thing um well are you going to go into have you run out of stuff here yeah that's oh no hang on what about the little knife it's over here oh yeah byron's got our spyderco knife okay so on youtube if uh, you're looking at the screen, this is probably one of the smallest knives you've probably seen. It is tiny. It is no uh, slightly longer than the end of my thumb. When it's closed. When it's closed. Now, the reason why we bring this up is, of all the knives we've talked about... To, I'm just going to hold it in front of the Of all the knives, this is probably the one that we use the most. Now, you might go, what application do you have for that? Well, it gets used around the house. Or it's called the honeybee, by it's, the way. Is it honeybee? Yeah, the spider it's called the honeybee. honeybee. Okay, so it sits. Me and Byron both have one on each of our desks, and 
I think I have one in multiple pockets, and it's the kind of thing where I, I, a parcel's arrived, use that. Oh, I need to open some boxes in the garage, I'll use that. It's just such a handy small knife to have around. And it's UK carry safe too. Yeah, it is, which is quite important actually. Yeah, very important. So We've actually given a, quite a few of these away. and It, it seems very understated, <laughs> but I promise you if you had one, you would, yeah, like Daryl said, you would probably use it more than any other knife that you own. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got one more thing before we talk about books, <clears throat> and that is a thermocell. We got uh, given this thermocell to test maybe six months ago, sort of in the height of midgy hell uh, in our summer. <laughs> I, and I'm not joking when I say midgy hell. It uh, was it, it, horrendous. It was horrendous. If if there is hell on earth, that was it. <laughs> yeah. So that was West Coast, middle of well, not quite middle of summer. More it was about yeah, middle of summer. It was about July time, July August midges mosquitoes you got a problem with either of those thermocell will probably save the day for those people who don't know what that is it's essentially it's a little handheld device that's got a heating element in it and there's these little gel pads that you basically push through a slot and the heating element heats the gel pad and the gel pad gives off uh, i guess it's a vapor Mm. that the midges and mosquitoes don't like yeah yeah, i mean well to begin with it smokes initially but then it goes completely clear i can tell you one thing we had it out uh when we were filming and we were sitting in a high seat and we would have been we wouldn't be able to sit there no we we would have gone there was there was almost no midges in the high seat but outside you could just see that a wall of a wall of them and you might ask, well, if I'm taking that stalking, will it affect, um, you know, smell and stuff like that? Well, we had about a hundred deer in front of us, mm-hmm. and we, we did have the wind on the right yeah, side. Yeah, we did. So, as, assuming that you're playing the wind right, it shouldn't really make a difference. Or certainly, I know ne- we never found that it made it made a difference, but it did make a difference to our ability to actually be able to stay outside the tent. Uh, yes, it did. Yeah. And we, 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 without it, we were just getting eaten alive. So, if you have a problem with mosquitoes or midges. Call Thermocell. <laughs> yeah, look up, look up Thermocell. It's absolutely worth the money. Okay, should we recommend some books? <clears throat> Go for well, it. Well, I've got one book to recommend. These are not hunting related or anything like that. Myron's might be, but my, the one I've not, because I've been reading this, this book now for the last few days, and this might be just a good Christmas gift for someone. It is, it is called What If? Serious Scientific Answers to uh, Absurd absurd hypothetical questions now i like books like this where, where did you find it's, that i got given it as a present it's some of the stuff in it you just go why but it's a quite intriguing to find the answers for example how fast would a human have to run in order to cut um, himself in half uh with cheese wire from the belly button you okay. know uh, and the answer is oh i'm not going to read it because there it's all mathematics oh, okay you got to go through it. you got to read how dangerous is it actually to be in a swimming pool uh, during a thunderstorm what if you strap C4 to a boomerang? Uh, could this be an effective weapon? Or is it as stupid as it sounds? It's probably as stupid as it sounds, actually. Um, what would happen if, a nu- if uh, you set off a nuclear bomb in the eye of a hurricane? Would the storm cell be immediately vaporized? It just There is loads and loads of questions like this. What is the longest possible sunset you can experience while driving, assuming we're obeying the speed limit and driving on paved roads? That I'm assuming that's you're driving towards the sunset. That's quite an interesting that is question. Quite an, and the thing is, is this is actually these books are actually answered by scientists and mathematicians. So all of the diagrams, if you're looking at home, all the diagrams and and maths is all laid out for you. Intriguing book. It's definitely one that you would 
take traveling or if you've got some spare time. It's as fast. I love stupid things like this. So uh, The first one that comes to the top of my head, just because I'm actually reading it right now, uh, is A Sand County Almanac by Aldo Leopold, who is probably, has probably contributed more to wildlife conservation and land ethics than anyone else who has lived. And his uh, family, which I think he had five kids, quite remarkably, they have all in their own right done some quite remarkable things in, in their own careers. And one of his children um, is still alive. I think, I can't remember her name, but she's about 80 years old and she still lectures at the university in um, something to do with forestry and uh, botany, I think. So yeah, Sound County Elmnack, uh, Donnie Vincent actually in the podcast that we did with him maybe six months ago, he mentioned that book, which is what prompted me to to buy it and start reading it. And it's absolutely fantastic, uh, an intriguing read. And I've never ever heard, um, read anybody who can describe the life of an oak tree the way that this man can. And you actually feel emotional about the life of an oak tree. It's tremendous. Moving on, should we suggest some podcasts other than ourselves? You should always continue listening to us. Yeah, we can. Uh, have you got one on top of your head? I've got one on top of my head. I've been listening to this show for, well, since I was 15. I'm now 25. So, Wow. Yeah. So I was listening to this on the farm when I used to work on the farm to alleviate boredom. We weren't around then podcasting, so otherwise <laughs> I would have re-listened to myself. <laughs> Only joking. Um it's called The Complete Guide to Everything. And it's these two guys from New York, Tim and Tom, and they're just talking about everything. It, it, it's kind of like the latest stuff. So um, every they, so out once a week. If you don't like American podcasts, some of their humor is American. So like I know we've got a lot of American listeners, but for the American listeners, sometimes we don't quite get the humor. <laughs> because it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the reason yeah that's the reason no um yeah it's it's a great show it's they talk about everything latest films latest gadgets latest trends latest just latest everything and then they they talk about stupid stuff that's happened in the news that's the kind of show it is it's just kind of and they've got hundreds of thousands of listeners as well very popular show they also tour the uk now and then doing the podcast up one day we'll be that big one one day we'll be that big but yeah no good show to listen to so i'm going to mention two <clears throat> one uh our listeners probably will already know about because we've had um the the, the uh my brain's gone a blank the podcast person who does the podcast adam adam yeah i'm, I'm talking about the uh beyond the kill podcast yeah. which is a spin-off of the journal of mountain hunting uh, we had adam on the show only a few weeks ago now and we've been on adam's show we have indeed and we actually brought you that podcast as one of our podcasts like a swap uh, a good few months back so that would have given you an idea of what his podcast is like it's it's great i continue to listen to every show that comes out i am subscribed to it as well yes me too so that's beyond the kill if you search beyond the kill you will find his podcast and also go check out his online journal the journal of mountain hunting just google it and you'll find it i'm going to mention one other podcast um which is and if you're a podcast goer you probably know about joe rogan already but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the joe rogan i mean i think he's done has he done more than a thousand podcasts now? Well, I think last night, the last time I looked, I think he was live last night. I'm he sure, was live I'm last sure night. I read it was 800 and something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he, he's closing on a thousand podcasts. 
it might not be to everyone's taste. It's not necessarily hunting, although he, he does bow hunt himself, so he does get on hunters. And for, for me personally, those are some of the most interesting. But he did a fantastic and intriguing interview with Lance Armstrong, <clears throat> if you're into your sports. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, that was great. And his array of guests yeah, is massive. incredible. He Absolutely. has a lot of comedians on because he's a bit of a comedian himself. Yeah. Uh, he has and a, a lot Netflix of... show. I have not watched Does it. He? Yeah, Joe Rogan has a Netflix show. <clears throat> I didn't know that. But he is massive. I mean, he, he has hundreds of thousands of downloads on his podcasts. His podcasts, and sometimes his podcasts are four or five hours long. Crazy. So, yeah, and he does them live. You also might know him from UFC, UFC. commentator at UFC. He has a huge amount of UFC fighters on. Incidentally, most of them hunt. A lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah definitely a show worth uh, checking out. There's a lot, and it's totally random when you get shows from his. You could have five in one week, yeah. and then you might not get one the following week, and then you could have six the following week. It's it's. And hopefully, now that we've given him a shout, he's going to give us a shout. And <laughs> Who <his> knows? <laughs> now, there's one other podcast I actually found it the other day, and it's just called the Hunting Show. It's a Kiwi podcast, and it has loads of guests from new zealand and around the, the world but mainly mainly people from the the southern hemisphere that i've noticed so far and it's got interviews from josh james and and people like that the, the shows are fairly short 25 minutes 40 minutes that's what most of them seem to be at worth checking out okay good i think that's almost it for the show now we've got two more products we need to talk about which is of course our products oh yes <laughs> we need to plug now so don't tune out. So don't don't tune out. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the competitions and stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a prototype T-shirt of our T-shirts that you can buy, which is the number one product you should have on your Christmas list. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm wearing the Embrace to Hunt. I'm going to turn around to the people uh, on YouTube. And em, see it. He, he designed the T-shirts, but doesn't even know what it says on the back. Embrace your DNA. So I, I, I actually combined both the t-shirts. Our <laughs> other t-shirt says live to hunt on it. Yeah. So I combined the two. So there's two t-shirts. There's a green one and then there's uh, like a charcoal one that you can get on our store right it's, now. Uh, yeah, it's Which, not like the green Daryl's wearing. It's more like, an like olive said, color. Like I said, prototype. this is a prototype and we went through a few different phases to make sure we got the right one before we started selling them. And we, they, we would be showing them to you, but they, uh, we've oh. sent the first lot out. So we ran out and the next lot arrive in a week. Yeah. And we have our mugs because we are coffee lovers. So we've got mugs and they are the same same design, same designs as the T-shirts, but they're on mugs. And on every purchase, a percentage will be going to conservation. Mm -hmm. We're going to decide uh, next year sometime next year. where we're going to send that money. But uh, yeah, we will be sending a certain percentage to uh, conservation efforts. I should say... Uh, just so that I don't get into trouble, that my lovely girlfriend uh, actually did all the designing for the T-shirts, um, both the logo on the front and and helped with the, the the wording and how to. Otherwise, it just probably would have been uh, Times uh, Times New Roman <laughs> put across the back, and nobody would want them. No, yeah. these actually look very. They, cool. they look really cool. I'm not just saying that because uh, they're ours, but they are actually really cool t-shirts and some and important messages on them too yeah some important messages we are also at some point we're not going to say too much we'll be bringing you something to put in the coffee mugs at some point we will we'll leave it at that yeah, we'll leave it at that that's in the works right now but we love coffee 
grab our mugs, grab our t-shirt, grab them both. Grab two t-shirts and a mug. Go to thepacebrothers.com and it's all there, which our blog is on as well. So if you're bored over the festive season, you can check that out as well, the blog. It's just a blog tab, is it? Yep, just hit blog and there's uh, quite a few articles on there now. We also check out our Instagram. We are putting stuff up there every single day. There's, yep. And really cool pictures as well. We share some pictures from other people, and there's some really cool pictures on there as well. I was going to mention something else, the hunt. Yeah, we should so, talk about yeah, this. Ask for this for your Christmas. Scrap the T-shirt and the mugs. <laughs> go for this instead. So we are running, uh, because of people requesting it, yep. really. That was why we, we, we decided we were going to do it. We are running a wilderness hunt, which is a chance to basically experience hunting the way that we do it. Uh, we're going to go out uh, up into the sort of central north of Scotland. Uh, we've got about 20,000 acres to hunt and explore on. Uh, we've got a big 12-man teepee tent. We've got a wood-burning stove in the middle. and uh, We're basically going to stay there for three days, and we're going to hunt and eat what we kill. Uh, that's If you boil it down, that's what we're going to be doing, and it's yeah. going to be fantastic. I've no d- idea what the weather's going to be like yeah. can't at the end of January. Can't, can't make miracles but happen. that is what it's about for us is just adapt and overcome adapt and overcome if you want to find out more about that uh, again visit thepacebrothers.com hit the tab that says wilderness hunts and all the information is there uh, there's a pdf at the bottom which has even more information and a form at the bottom basically just to, to fill in your details shoot us a mail and we will get back to you we will and uh, you know if you want to have a conversation about on the phone over as a lot of people who have inquired have done that's absolutely no problem we'll and give we, you a shout back and we can call you back yeah no bother at all uh, that's running i actually can't remember the dates off the top of my head you'll mm. get them on the website but it's like the third week of january Okay, we've got a few things coming up. We have a live show coming up on the 15th of December. That's where it's scheduled for right now. And we did one almost a year ago now. In fact, it was a year ago. I think it was December. That was our first ever live show. We'd only been doing the podcast for a matter of weeks when we did that. And it was like a three-hour show, I think. Yeah, it was about a three-hour show. We had a lot of listeners, which was really, really cool, um, considering how short space of time now the live show it's not on facebook it's on youtube so anybody can watch it and the point in the live show like we did last time is people can call in and mm-hmm. we had callers non-stop last time which was really cool and we've got a dog walking through uh, our recording we're gonna pick him up so he doesn't gonna pick sit him up so people on youtube can see the dog yeah so the point in this is that our listeners can actually interact with us uh and speak to us live on the show we'll record it We'll put it out as a podcast as well, but we'll also be giving away prizes live on that show. We're giving out a lot of prizes this month. We're far too we generous. We basically are Father Christmas. We are Father Christmas. <clears throat> so don't forget, starting the 5th of December for one week, we're giving away prizes every single day. I mentioned them at the start of this podcast, seven days of Christmas. We are then giving away prizes on the following podcast on the, the 15th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just and we give away a prize every single podcast we put out, with the exception of this one. But our normal podcast that goes out every two weeks. So the one we that will be out you. the next one after this, which I think is out a day later, yeah. uh, that will uh, there'll be a prize on that. Yeah, and uh, they're all great prizes as well. So they are. They are. You know, well what? worth I, entering. I was trying to fig- I was trying to work out this this uh, this morning how in in money terms how much prizes we've given away it's, yeah and it's it must be close to, close to the the thousand mark yeah, it must be um it's probably just worth reiterating before we leave you to it exactly where you can find all of our output um if you are only a podcast listener 
you can see all of this on YouTube. Search podcast into the wilderness. You'll find our YouTube channel and all of the the videos from the previous podcasts up there. Particularly cool if we've, we've been interviewing guests. You can go and check them out, like your Donnie Vincent's and Josh James, mm-hmm. who's a, a real character and had his kids and dogs and stuff running <laughs> around in the background when we interviewed him. Um, we obviously uh, have our website as well, which we've just mentioned, uh, thepacebrothers.com. And then pretty much everything is on there. That's sort of the central focus yeah, point if, if, if you want to find out anything. If you need to find any links for you know, how do I download on an Android phone, how do I download on, on this phone, it, it's all on there. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're improving the platforms slowly. SoundCloud, um, SoundCloud, as far as I'm aware, is available on every single platform you can get. Desktop, Android, and iTunes. I'm not sure if it's downloadable, though, on all those platforms. Uh, Stitcher certainly is. So Stitcher, you can get on Apple and you can get on Android. Um, 80% of our listeners, because we were looking at the stats the other day, 80% of our listeners all listen through Apple. So that's why we always suggest people go to iTunes and hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit subscribe when you do it. What else, Byron? Um, I think we're pretty much coming to the end. I think the pretty much the only thing that uh, is left to say, I'm just trying to find my notes here. Okay, uh, he's going to leave his which notes. Is, which is, has disappeared. Uh, on a complete side note, the Grand Tour, which is the, the guys <laughs> from Top Gear, started two weeks ago now, and I think the third one will be out this week. I, I like the first one. I was very impressed with the first one. What the hell went on with the second one? I think, personally, uh, they're going to have to raise the game. <laughs> I don't know uh, about that. I, I, It was just like, it was a comedy sketch, the and not a really good one either. It was like a bad, low-budget movie, yeah. is what it was. Uh, and I'm a big fan of those guys as well. So I hope they raise the game for the next one. They certainly did it on the first one. I was I was like, okay, if they're starting like this on the first episode, they're only going to go up. Because you've got to bear in mind, the first episode is basically their pilot. I know they've been around for a long time. But this was their launch of their new show. And their second one, I was a little bit disappointed with. One of those things. Uh, we should just finally mention that, as with all of our podcasts, they are uh, supported and brought to you by the Scottish Association for Country Sports. It's a shooting shooting countryside fishing organization that does a lot of that behind the scenes uh, that we never really think about or a lot of people don't think about, but is vitally important to protect what we all enjoy doing, whether that be working with dogs or it be fishing or shooting. If you're not a member of a shooting organization, you should be a member of one. And I urge you to go and check out the Scottish Association for and Country Sports. And it's not exclusive for people in Scotland. I no, must, no, absolutely not. I must not. stress that. It, it it covers the whole of the UK. Yeah, they, they have members all over the place. They actually do have members in Europe as well. They do indeed. But um, I don't, don't ask me what it covers, but I know that it... Um, they do UK. have members. They do have members all over, all over the show. Uh, I just thought something else that I What's wanted that? to mention. Northern Shooting Show people... Mm. We're going to be there. You better be there as well. The yes. tickets are available now. You can buy them. Early bird tickets. I think there is uh, a discount if you buy them now. Yeah, there is right now. So if you just Google Northern Shooting Show, you'll find the website. I have a puppy wriggling on my lap. <sighs> he definitely wants to go outside. And if I don't let him outside, he's probably going to eat the microphone. So I think Or he's going to pee or <laughs> on my lap. On his lap. <laughs> so I think that's probably a good time to sign out. Yep. Thank you very much to everyone listening. Yes. We'll, uh, you're probably going to hear from us in one day time. Thank you. Santa Fe.
of a sable under the tree for me Santa baby, you know I've been an awful good boy Santa baby, hurry down the chimney tonight Santa baby, a 54 convertible to life